Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. Oh, yeah, it's time once again for your bi-weekly Gitmo Nation publication. It's Sunday. It is the 17th. This is No Agenda. Coming to you from the southwest quadrant of Gitmo Nation East, better known as the United Kingdom, right here in Gitmo Nation East. It's called London. I'm Adam Curry. And from the Gitmo Nation, uh, also Silicon Valley North, and also Gitmo Nation California, and God knows what else we want to call it, because I guess it's getting a little old. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. Wow, man, you outlasted the tune. Almost. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Buddy, 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 buddy. You're in a funny mood. Yeah, I got to say something right off the bat to uh, our listeners slash producers. I'm high. No, I'm not. No, actually, I am completely clean. No, I'm not baked. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, I'm not baked. Uh, I just wanted to say there's some stuff going on in my life that uh, uh, people will hear about uh, in the near future. Uh, nothing I can talk about now. Uh, just so I'd, what I'd hate is for our listeners to say, oh, man, and this was going on. He didn't talk about it on the show. So there you go. Okay. I don't think people are that into it. No, but it's a trust thing. It's a trust thing. If they hear me, you know, doing a show and they don't know what's going on, and they hear about it later. I, I I know this because people. It's important because people, you know, that they don't think we're holding anything back. But I'm disclaiming it right off the bat. Well, I'm, I'm holding not holding something, something back right immediately, which is Costco. <laughs> oh boy, straight into the. Well, I mean, straight into. <laughs> And now, back to real news. Or is this food news? Food and wine? Food and drink? Well, probably, who knows? It's probably food and wine more than it is anything else. Mm -hmm. But, so I go to Costco yesterday, and one of the things about Costco, we've talked about it before, and I talk about it all the time, I try to clue people into the Easter eggs, because the CEO is into this, and so he makes all the managers into it. They bring in stuff that they, it's like, you go, what is this doing here? Right, this is, you, this, you've, you have mentioned this before, and you go searching for the wine Easter eggs, um, which is purposely put there. It really is an Easter egg of something great for a great price, Correct. Yep, like okay. uh, one time I got Chateau Mouton Rothschild. For, what? For, <laughs> how much? For how much? For how much? It was $99. It, 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 yeah. At the time, the wine was going, this particular uh, vintage was going for 300 every place else. Wow. And and it was at the Port Angeles. It was in Port Angeles. I mean, it was out in the middle of, <laughs> of Port, nowhere. Of all places, Port Angeles. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm over here. And they they have a uh, I think it's a I don't have the label in front of it. it's a Saint Abbe uh, from Isigny de Mer or some obscure part the part of France that makes the best butter mm -hmm. and um, it's, I'm looking at this cheese it's a soft ripened cheese and it says clearly on the label raw milk which is not allowed right well I mean I always thought it was even though people have been sneaking it in. And uh, raw milk cheese, of course, is so much better than than pasteurized milk cheese course, yeah. because it's a living. It's, it it develops, it changes, and it and so and it and it stays good. Doesn't get that ammoniated weirdness that because you know the the bacteria that's that's natural to the milk, uh, you know, holds a lot of stuff at bay. Right. That ruins the cheese, and so you get to develop these very unique flavors. That if you go to France and you get the cheese plate in France, you know, from a, any restaurant in the, in, in the whole country, you get these unbelievable local cheeses that have flavors you never had before. Mm -hmm. So I'm like eating this cheese now, as a matter as, of fact, as we speak uh, for your breakfast. As we, <laughs> as yeah. we, we, 
Hey, ladies, we need we need uh, we need a new jingle. <laughs> it's raw Cheesy. milk cheese. It's Craig Vaughn and Buzzkill in the morning. That's right, raw milk cheese in the morning. It's good for you. So um, anyway, I was stunned that you know by this cheese, and it's actually uh, it's very. I mean, it's uh, now that but cheese, good real cheese like this is very filling. It, it turns out it's not you can't. eat. I mean, it's just like whoa. Now, do you consider so anyway, now? Why stuffed. do you consider this to be an Easter egg, or is it, or is it just coincidence, or? No, no, I think it's an Easter egg because for one thing, I, it it just stands out too much like a sore thumb. Uh, right. I mean, the raw, raw milk cheese. I mean, they have a lot of cheese at this Costco I go to. And um, and every once in a while, they'll have some cheese that is just like, why is this cheese here? They had a, uh, I think all the Easter eggs at this Costco, with few exceptions, this particular one, are, are mostly things like cheese. Uh-huh. I think the guy likes cheese. But they had, uh, they had a... Um, You're so a funny. Fa- uh, feta. Have you ever have you ever met the CEO of Costco? No, but he apparently he's very easy to get a hold of. Right. Um, he's supposed to be just like this great guy. Hmm. And um, but they had they had this cheese one time. I go to this place and there's a there's a feta from Greek uh, from Greece that has a, that not one word of English on it. <laughs> <laughs> and the ingredients are all in, in in Greek as well. Everything is just like it's like what is this cheese even doing here? It was just too weird. It's got to be a violation of some law somehow. Oh, I you know I think the raw milk thing. I mean, unless they change, maybe they change the law or something. Because I have another cheese shop that that has it occasionally, but I've never seen it so blatant. I mean, it's just printed on the label raw. You know, I don't know. All right. Just well, it's cool. Uh, of course, now they'll be raided by the FDA. Now that, uh, the way uh, that things are going, nobody's raiding anybody. What, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I don't see government enforcement on anything. In fact, that's one of the things I want to get into later in the show or even now hmm. well, about a new methodology of cooking that has become so popular. And as far as I can tell, it's a, it's an out-and-out violation of every health code uh, law in every state. I, I'd like to spread it out a bit because there is some absolute... Um... <laughs> And now, back to real news that we really need to talk about before we do anything. Because last night was the the final, the big show, the oh. Eurovision Song Contest. I wish they had show that in this country. Well, I wish they had, John, because I'm going to take back almost everything I said. Almost everything. The gay thing was more prevalent than ever. I mean, and by the way, just about every single guy on stage was gay. Um, it's, it's just that kind of a show. Not that I give a shit, but the women who were on stage, whether they were lead singers, backing, they were all stunningly beautiful. But what was outrageous, the, this production, which uh, is rumored to have cost about 40 million euros, this production done by uh, the Russians, because it was held in Moscow, was some of the best live television with performances I have ever seen. It was, I get By goose- the what? By the Russians. I know. I- I'm telling you. It was the, I mean, it was so I mean, me, outrageously Russia- good that you would not believe the stage. Oh, we, there, there, were, there were some uh, non-Russians behind the scenes. Thing. There's no way. No, 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 Russians- no, no, no. I looked at, you know, um, I looked at all of the, uh, the, the credits, you know, I slowed him down even. And uh, Dexter, Christina's boyfriend, who's a total video nut, 
Um, you know, we, we, we couldn't believe the shots that were being made. It was like, where's the jib? I mean, it, it's unbelievable. The, the shots, and then you'd never see any, no, no steady cam guys, no nothing. You could not see a thing. John, at one point, it was like a Cirque du Soleil. So they, when they're counting the votes, which is a 15-minute break, and everyone in Europe is, or all the participating countries are dialing in to vote for their favorite, they, ha- they usually have this really, really lame, stupid show to kind of entertain the audience. And it's always the big joke. This thing, they had swimming pools made of some kind of plexiglass uh, structure with people swimming on the bottom and diving in and these things lowered down right onto the audience. The audience could it's actually like was touching it. It was, it was Cirque du Soleil, no doubt about it. It was, it was either done by Cirque du Soleil or inspired by... And the video effects, I'm getting goosebumps again. It was out freaking. No, really, I mean, as a television guy, I was like, holy crap. They just pissed on everybody who has ever hosted this show, who has ever produced it. It was the bomb. And even the songs weren't all that bad. I have to really say it. Well, you have to look into this then. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I just haven't, you know, had the, had the time. I do want to play the, uh, There's got the, the winning uh, song for you, which I, just a little bit, just wait for the hook, because uh, when I heard the song, I immediately knew that this was going to win. I mean, it was, it's so, so obvious, such a typical Eurovision Song Contest winner. From Norway, this is I'm in Love with a Fairy Tale. Years ago, when I was young. Now, wait for it. I just want you to hear the hook, which is coming right up. Here it comes. And I'm in love with a fairy tale, even though it hurts. So, if you know anything about pop music, you understand why this thing won. I mean, it was just absolutely perfect. And the guy is cute. You know, he's probably gay, but he's cute. And the girls are freaking out over him. He's got that Norwegian cute cuteness. Yeah, he's probably gay. You're right. So uh, <laughs> in the only in the morning. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, I know I blew you away with that, didn't I? You weren't expecting well, it. Well, I mean, the song is just rinky dink. Let's face it. But the no, uh, no, no. It's very, very clever. And the UK, by the way, <laughs> who have always been last. Uh, they used to win a lot, but they've been last for many, many years. Did quite well. I think they came in fourth or fifth. They were number two for a while. Um, and th- they were so desperate. You know, they did a reality show here. Uh, cool. Andrew Lloyd Webber did a reality show to choose the person who was going to perform his song. And he was there. He played the piano for... Um, wow, that's putting it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, it, was, so, it was a good song, too. Good performance. So why is the Norwegian guy singing the song in English? Well, um... Typical for the Eurovision Song Contest is there would be a, a native language version and an English language version. But these days, pretty much everyone does English. Once in a while, someone will do a, a native tongue version, and they do get extra respect for that. Um, but you know, this, this, you know, these these contestants have also been all throughout Europe promoting their songs prior to uh, prior to the song contest. You know, to make sure every country has been exposed to it. And you know, these are pop records. It, it, we didn't talk about it last time on the show, but it is a song contest. It's about the best song, not about the best performance, not about the performer. It's about the song, which of course the audience doesn't give a crap about because for the audience, it's the full package. Uh, and this guy had it, and he comes out and he's playing the fiddle. You know, he's playing the the violin. He's got a, and 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. It, it was, and there was, there was one point, and, um, you know, I told you Terry Wogan didn't do the voiceover this year. For the first year, I bet he's sitting at home going, crap, this was the best one ever, and I'm not on it. I think there's a coincidence, Terry. So Graham Norton, who is um, this extremely gay television host, who just, you know, has, has one gay joke after another, which is very appropriate, by the way, for the United Kingdom. Uh, and they just, they like that stuff. At one point, I think it was the... Um, from Estonia, which was I, I, the the song was way too good, and the performance was fantastic. It was his well, what he said is, "Oh my God, it's a stripper in a hamster wheel," and it really was. It was like this transvestite kind of transsexual chick, really hot looking, um, and she was in a hamster wheel. <laughs> It was crazy, John. I, 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 I wish you could be, see it. This, this, we, I, now that you're going on and on like a maniac about this, I'm now wondering why somebody in the U.S. doesn't broadcast for entertainment it. value hasn't picked it up. Yeah, I wonder if maybe PBS or BBC World, maybe, um, maybe they would. Well, that's uh, no good. Broadcast. I mean, it should be like it sounds like a network show. It easily could be. It easily could be. It, it was just good. I mean, I can't help it. it I was. The Russians are doing this shit. It, it was, and and they always have this this moment where. Well, the Russians, you know, do have an artistic bent. Oh yeah, uh, but they got something I mean, to prove, dude. I mean, they, this is so right. Because obvious. generally speaking, Russia. I always used to use it as a joke. I mean, if you set something up, say you're doing a TV thing, and you had somebody too close to the wall, for example, and they're doing news reading, and the wall's right behind them, is a good example of what you call Russian TV. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's just poorly staged. I mean, the Russians were notorious for this cheap-looking Stalin-style oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. staging. And, yep. and, and it was always like, it always looked crappy. It had a cheap look to it. It was worse than the 1950s. I mean, it just looked like you didn't know what you were doing. And so I would, I was, you know, that. so it's somewhat for people out there wondering why, you know, we're even talking about this. Uh, it's, it's, it's. It's remarkable that something like that would actually happen from Russians. It, it was almost as if Putin personally had said, anyone fucks this up, you you get to the head. <laughs> it was so, you know, like everyone was just, you know, sometimes these things just come together. You know, there, there was not a single technical glitch. Um, it was just That's a big deal. astounding, astounding. Now, granted, um, there was some interesting, interesting little points to note. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but... Um, you know, basically only the lead vocal track uh, is sung live or or by the rules has to be sung live, which was kind of funny because there was one act. And of course, I forget which country they were from. Uh, but Graham Norton set us up. I say, watch the woman in the blue dress over on the side of the stage. Um, so she was actually singing the lead vocals while the girl who was, you know, looking like the lead, she was maybe doing harmonies or oh, singing that's along. that's a nice trick. Yeah, very good trick because, you know, that's within the rules. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, stuff like that. But uh, just great, fantastic, bravo, spasiba, good job, good job. It's nice to see real, I'm sure our real three television. Russian listeners will be amused, or maybe you would, one of them. You would be amazed how many Russian listeners we might have. I might, but it'd be interesting if one of them's had some insight into this. I don't think we have that many media people that listen to the show. Otherwise, we would have gotten my bit part in a movie by now. <laughs> I think I can get you in the next uh, Jay and Silent Bob movie. <laughs> You'd be great in that. Yeah. It's just like a stoner dude. <laughs> just kind of. Hey, man. Hey, wait dude. a minute. Hey. Hey, man. Where are you going? <laughs> man, are you holding? <laughs> you holding. <laughs> yeah, all this stuff from the 60s. Tony in Shanghai wrote in and says, uh, hey, Adam, I live in China. 
the guy that wrote that email on last uh, on the last show about the Chinese zodiac and the calamities befalling us is, yeah, is full of that. shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2007 was the year of the pig. 2008 was the year of the mouse or the rat in the West. 2009 is the year of the cow, the bull in the West. And 2010 will be the year of the tiger. That guy wants to twist the truth to get some attention or else he got a hold of a really poorly printed Chinese restaurant placemat. And I'm thinking that the latter is probably true because that's pretty much how we prep for this show. Yes, is I think this would, I, say, I think our listeners are right into that. That's a, that's the layer we're at. It's that's the Chinese placemat. I found a placemat, dude, and it says China's great. So uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I did a thing. If you anyone out there listen to interlude number five, oh, may, may, I, may I stop you before you say anything? May I just say? Dvorak's interlude number five was so much the bomb. Uh, you brought that whole thing up to a crescendo. You were playing songs. I'm like, oh my god! This, it, the, the, you know, you, you have, you have, you're like a lotus flower to me now, John. As the petals <laughs> peel back, I'm like, look at the depth of this man. And then you had the only you could get away with actually playing Freebird at the end and setting it up and saying, I gotta play Freebird. And and you played the the perfect version that ends with an end. Uh, it, I, I I loved it more. Give us more. You know, the Freebird. Well, it's the one thing I wanted to mention there is I had a hippie set. Yes, and, a hi Hawaiian hippie set, I think it was. Hawaiian hippie set for you, those, for you out there on the Big Island. Everybody! And, in the morning! Uh, and which is a hippie island. There's no question about it. anyone who's ever been there knows this immediately. I mean, you can go to the store, and they got all this frozen sourdough bread from San Francisco. They got Columbus salamis. I mean, it's just, and then if you listen to the local station, it's all hippie music. It's just the damnedest thing. So, you know, at least I think. But, 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 are, but make no mistake, and uh, it still runs at 9 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, uh, the, the Interlude 5 every single day. Make no mistake, the hippie music doesn't mean it's like, you know, jingle jangle Hare Krishna shit. I mean, it was... It was. Give me an example of a couple of tunes, John. You played. Um, you played well, autograph. First of all, you played Glover. autograph. You started with autograph. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe. It. I haven't heard this song in fifteen years. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, well, I, the model is I still usually start with that that style of rock, and then I go do whatever I'm going to do. But the uh, I, Roger Glover's "The Mask" is the one who actually. When I, I was listening to that song recently, and I said, you know, that is such, it was a weird song because it, it's like a hippie song done like 20 years late. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the song came out in the it 80s. Was 80s. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. It's a hippie song. I mean, it's, it's just, an, it just got hippie written all over. And I was listening to the lyrics. <laughs> the lyrics are just the weirdest. I mean, we should read the lyrics of this song. And, and I also played Itchy Coop Park, which oh, also has the, the, the small stupidest faces. lyrics. Oh, yeah. No. I got high. high. I love it. What did you do there? Are you kidding me? No, my line in there that I like the most is that why don't we, you know, why don't we skip school? Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah why yeah, yeah, should yeah. we listening to the words of fools? I mean, it was just like this, you know, dropout, tune in, turn on, dropout kind love, of mentality. I love that song. I got the lyrics here for The Mask, Roger Glover. By the way, the song I love from him is uh, The Butterfly Ball, Love Is All. You ever hear that? Uh, I, I remember it, but I don't can, can't I should, catch I play the tune right now. It's later on a Wednesday. The sun's going down. I'm standing naked by a swimming pool. There's no one around. My imagination wanders back. Red dust is always there. We lay together in the jungle, and love was in the air. 
As I dive into the water, both time and motion freeze. I'm hanging there suspended like a feather in the breeze. Below is your reflection like an image from the past. But I can't be sure if it's really you because you're wearing a tribal mask. Take it off. Take off the mask. Oh, man. Good shit. It's it's unbelievable. (laughs) It's good shit, baby. So that's like that to me is like a classic hippie song because it's actually... What are you talking about? I mean, it's it's obviously a drug-induced, you know, lyric. Uh, Yeah, you think? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think. So, but he, but he's, but since Glover is like, you know, an an old pro, you know, he, he, he puts the song together around a very nice melody and rhythm, and and the arrangement is just dynamite. It's actually one of the finest. Great uh, song of all those. If you, if you, anyone out there's listening to these, these, these. these uh, interludes, interludes they, yeah. they tend to be pretty they tend to be oriented to a fairly hard i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna switch it on right after the show you have another we have six coming right yeah six and then uh the, the one that's gonna that, that that i'm really impressed with myself is seven <laughs> he said modestly seven is well it's because seven is just a mind boggler uh-huh so so uh, when will six when when can i have six Probably Monday. Okay, then I'll, I'll I'll repeat five right after the show because people need to hear. I mean, it'll put you in a good mood, and and it's, you know how important it is to have a build up, you know. And you just did it, man. You fucking nailed it, nailed it. I hate. Anyway, you. back to the the the, the Leonard Skinner uh, Freeberg for anybody. Now people are going, oh, these guys are boring me stiff. They're going to tune out. But let me. Just, I'm going to finish with this one comment. Freeberg has always fascinated me as a song, and um, so I'm driving around with my daughter. One day, and Freebird comes on the station that we, I listen to on the radio. I said, "Oh, you got to hear!" It. And I explained to her the song, and you know the fact is kind of a, it's almost a uh, cliche song. People like to play, you know, it's like uh, there's another one or two of these types of anthems that go on forever. They're very long uh, songs from the, that developed in the '70s, and uh, so I'm listening to it, and it fades out. At the end, I'm saying, what yeah. happened to the end of yeah, the I know. song? It sucks. I hate that. Yep, you're right. Because it's, <laughs> it's a great song, even though people laugh about it and and yell it at concerts. Play Freebird. And so, I had I didn't realize that I had been listening to this outtake version all these years, and and then when I dug up my CD that has it on there and it explained it was the outtake version. Uh, and it was it's exactly the same song, except it has an actual ending. Hmm. And um, yep. so that's the one I ran with because I, I found the other one. It was like I was because it, it actually has a nice ending. I don't understand what the point of that other release was. And that's the one that was publicly released. It's got to be some executive bonehead. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, some some dork. I mean, this is was it even ever released as a single? I, probably not. You know, no, but the first, I think when it first appeared on the, even on an LP was this this bad version. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'd never heard the version that actually ended, so I appreciate it. I really appreciate it, John. Who says who says that? I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I, I really appreciate it, Michael. I don't know. Michael, is that Butler. Obama? Michael Butler. Michael oh, Butler. Oh, so Rock Butler's got this great line he's he had on this thing. I'm listening to is uh, you know I do listen to the Mevio today once in a while. Okay. He says, "Yeah, no, I like my women. No, he says I like my women like I like my coffee." Black? Dumb. <laughs> the guy's a trip. I love him. <laughs> I thought that was just hilarious. The guy's a fucking you know, trip. That's like kind of a, a meta joke. He's a, he's a trip. Uh, let's ease into it here. 
uh, email from uh, listener Kevin Schmidt says, uh, Adam, I don't even know what to say about this. I just saw a commercial on TV, and it said something along the lines of, Kids, don't you want to walk in Obama's shoes and be a part of great change? Keep up the great work with no agenda. I look forward to every show. So he sent me a link to Obamashoes.tv, which uh, does have said commercial. Um, <laughs> Obama shoes. The success and well-being of every American child is my highest priority. I want every child to have the opportunities I did. Kids, want to be a part of history and walk with President Obama as he leads us to change? Yes, you can. For a limited time only, you can be the proud owner of these stylish, commemorative <laughs> Obama sneakers. These quality 100% leather sneakers in patriotic colors are easily an $80 value, but they can be yours now through this TV offer only for just $39.99. But there's more. But wait, now and there's we'll more. Absolutely free, this ultra-cool Obama backpack. Be the envy of your friends and show your patriotic spirit every day. But that's not all. That's not there all. More than one there's pair, more, kids. You'll also get this professional quality Obama basketball. These you. sneakers are literally Obama running off quality. the shelves. Don't wait another minute. Call 1-888-313-8035 right now and get your pair and your free gift. That's 1-888-313-8035. Call now. No, you know Obama's boys are cracking down on this stuff. This is not. This is not he, an official. But, uh, oh, he, he's he's here. He's got the official uh, his signature underneath his picture. No, no way. No, this is this, these guys are going to be out of business in two weeks. I guarantee it. Two weeks from today, would revisit this, and I guarantee this website will be off. Obama Shoes TV is a private entity, makes no claim of affiliation or endorsement by President Barack Obama or his campaign for office. There you go. Michigan residents add 6% sales tax, allow four to eight weeks for delivery, void where prohibited by law. They, these guys are toast. There's no way. They, because they, they've been cracking down on this stuff. And, in fact, the funny thing is, do they have any of the Obama logos? Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, the logo, the yeah, official see, those picture. Are all copy. If you yeah. go to the the websites yeah, and look at the, those logos, they're copyright. We would because the, the the audience should know that we had tried. Or yeah, yeah. We had looked into this. Yeah. Because we, you and me, Mwah. were going to do Obama armbands. Yep. And with that logo, we were denied. It, you can't do it. Nope. I mean, it's, I mean, you could, but you know, you're gonna they're gonna just stop you eventually. And I don't think you want the IRS pounding on the door because you did some armbands, but. I still think the R bands are be hilarious, but you know we're not doing them. I got an email. <laughs> He's got an email. Okay, this is from uh, Mitchell Mitchell Gordon. Hi guys, I just heard NA ninety seven where John mentioned Steppen, which is the people that bring in the cocaine uh, for Coca Cola. Oh right, right. We did talk. And about I that. had to send this note to you, New Trier, which is the uh, school that. Uh, that uh, Rahm Emanuel and um, Rumsfeld went to, yeah. has two campuses, a freshman campus in Northfield and the main campus with sophomores, juniors, and seniors about 15 miles away in Winnetka. The freshman campus, campus, which I attend, has six buildings. One of the buildings, the infamous B building, yeah. is rented out to a company as an office building with their main company, uh, none other than Steppen. Wait, so they've got Coke on campus? Well, it says the main company specific building being 50 yards away from the new Trier campus. The company is, I don't know, <laughs> none other than Hey, Steppen. kids, just, come to our school. We've got Coke on campus. It's just the, the, the spent leaves. To me, it seems like a rather large coincidence 
that the only company licensed to import cocaine happens to be renting buildings from Rahm Emanuel's and Donald Rumsfeld's high school Mm -hmm. and have their world headquarters located right next to the school. Could that be the relationship between New Trier and Steppen is more than it, than it appears? Uh, we Love need to look show, into that. Mitchell. Yeah, we really need to look into that. That's outrageous. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they should import more of those leaves. I, I, you know, I've never done it. I mean, I know you're talking about the leaves, but I've never done coke. I have no interest in it. I don't care. I've actually never even seen anyone do it around me, if you can believe it, considering my history. I see one of my producers says it's pronounced New Trier. Oh, uh, apologies. Um, we did not want to start any controversy. Well, the leaves are very, I mean, they're very uh, fundamental to uh, the Andes culture in Bolivia, in Ecuador. Yeah, in- they put that on their cornflakes up there, don't they? <laughs> So I'm when I mentioned this before because I've chewed on these things and the it's like it's like chewing on lawn clippings <laughs> that have been left to dry out in the sun. It's just Young. the worst. You know, <laughs> lawn <chocolate>. clippings. <laughs> you can't get you can't get enough moisture out of your mouth to actually do my. I mean, it's just. It's and what, what does it do to you? Do you feel weird? No, you don't feel anything except you feel normal because you're up at a high altitude where you're just gasping for breath, and these things give you a, 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 a kind of a normalizing a stamina where really? you don't feel that you're up at 14,000 feet. You, you feel pretty normal. Uh, Interesting. They could use these things in, uh, in Telluride, Colorado, these leaves. How about in aviation? I don't see why. I don't. It, to be honest about it, there, there's no... Uh, there's there's zero uh, high. high. There's no high. Well, you're not, then, you're well not... what a waste. <laughs> What's the use? Oh, yeah, <laughs> see where you'd be saying it, but it, it, it's it, in, in fact it's 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 just a normalizing thing, and it's actually uh, once you've realized what's going on with them, uh, it's just that you just that's what you're going to be chewing all the time because you, to to walk to just walk. In some of these places up in the northern, the, the highest peaks of the Andes where there's villages, mm-hmm. above the timber line, there's no trees up there. Just to walk around, especially up, and it's hilly, which is a problem, uh, you get pooped. I mean, it's just yeah, like of course, you're Yeah, of course, because you got no oxygen. Yeah, absolutely. You chew on these leaves and you... You still get a little poop, but it's like there's a big Less difference poop. between you and everyone who's not chewing the leaves. Yeah, I remember you told me that, that you were you were doing just fine, and you neglected to mention the cocoa leaves at the time. So, bags, no, cats out of the bag. Way. No, I don't think you mentioned it. I uh, yeah, I had a handful. And I was walking past, you know, kids that were that could barely, you know, they're 20 years <laughs> younger than walk. me. And they, they, could, they couldn't walk. They were yeah. bent over, you know, gasping. It was... It, I'm thinking, hey, come on, let's go. What's what's your problem? Speaking of kids, man, I, I don't know if I presume I have not looked at Dvorak.org slash blog. Uh, I presume you saw this article from the New York Times, which I'm going to Skype you the link right now, uh, titled Scouts Train to Fight Terrorists and More. Have yeah, you seen it. this? Is this an outrage? They're training it's- Boy Scouts to be like militia. <laughs> Border Patrol. Yeah, well, militia. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it, and, and I encourage everyone, it'll be in the show notes, of course, at noagenda.mevio.com, to read through this, you know, as uh, 
The sheriff's it's deputy says, scouting badge. this is about being a true-blooded American guy and girl, which, you know, it fits <laughs> right in with hilarious. the honor and bravery of the Boy Scouts. And, and it's like, you know, here, put him on his face, put a knee in his back. I guarantee he'll shut up then. I mean, this is the kind of training they're getting, you know. <laughs> and this, by the way, is our audience for the armbands, which it bums me out. They'd be perfect. <laughs> I got some brown shirts in the closet, too, which I think would look nifty. <laughs> <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's, this article it goes is actually beyond like, unbelievable. Yeah, and the pictures are just too too right, too man. precious. <laughs> I mean, that looks like fifteen year old kids in combat gear with handguns and and assault rifles, and oh, I want to cry. It's so wrong. Yeah, this article. People who uh, follow the show, uh, this will be posted in the show notes. You have to, if you haven't seen this article in the New York Times, and we do have a a, a version of it on the blog. But if you haven't seen this article, it, it's just like you. It's a it's a head shaker and an eye roller that to the max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. You, you, you'll just go. And these kids look like the. I mean, these. Kids, I don't really want to get into it. Please say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. It's look important. Like a bunch of boneheads. Yeah. Yeah, these are the kids who always have the big uh, uh, bunch of keys dangling from their belt. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, in fact, one of them has oh, no, keys really? dangling from the belt. <laughs> really? Really? Wait, I gotta yeah, look right at the, it. Right in the front. I gotta look at it again. Hold on. Because <laughs> those are always the kids. Oh, you're right. No, he only has like a couple of keys. Well, they all have a key. This no, no, I think he's got, he's got for worse. He's got the thing hanging from his belt with the hook, and it looks like it goes into his pocket. Oh. These are the guys who have the keys, or the or the my favorite all time favorite thing is that these guys do, which must be a chick magnet, is you have this keychain thing hooked to a hole drilled through your wallet, oh. and then the wallet is shoved into your pocket, hooked to this chain. Exactly. Like everybody's out to get your wallet. Yeah, I mean, please. I don't want all that important cash to get ripped off, baby. They got to take me with it, all my money. Oh, funny. Oh, 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 oh. So um, I got to do another uh, piece of email here. It kind of relates a bit. Adam, I hate it when you talk about the military because you were always wrong. Oh, yeah, I got this one, too. And it's okay. First of all, anyone in the military, I appreciate and respect your service. From Coming from my background, I have a right to say that, and I know what it means to serve your country uh, from a family standpoint. And uh, so I'm, I'm yeah, not Yeah, you don't against. have to apologize. You're not anti-military. No, no, of course not. The latest... You just make, you make errors. Yes, sir, of, course. of course. And and this is why we read these emails. So the latest was your theory of the friendly fire incident in Iraq. The incident was at a mental health facility, and those killed were mental health professionals and patients. That explains why they didn't defend themselves. They probably didn't have weapons. Additionally, this was nowhere near the green zone. This is uh, the story that I talked about uh, where... Um, right, with the guy, guy, the maniac goes in the pissed off... Uh, right, and... and and, sor and sources say that this was actually an attack on Nancy Pelosi, who was there. Uh, the commanding general in Afghanistan was replaced, not the commanding general in Iraq. So that that's a big bone mistake on my part. Also, when the military does something weird sometimes, it is just because we do stupid things. Okay. Conspiracy theorists often give us too much credit. The military are just people. Sometimes people do stupid things like fly the presidential 747 around the Statue of Liberty and take pretty pictures. Yeah. Okay. I got a bridge for sale for you for that one. I distrust the government almost as much as you do, but sometimes we just do stupid things that don't involve a national conspiracy. On a side note, I supported a special ops mission a few days ago in Afghanistan. The mission took down an opiate grower and burned several hundred thousand pounds of heroin-grade opium, 
probably a drop in the bucket, but we do take them down sometimes. I know, I know you're going to say he was probably the competition. I love you anyway, man. <laughs> you know what? He was probably the competition. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he didn't sign up. He didn't sign up with the consortium. He hey, didn't. buddy. Hey, <laughs> see that field that you're going to give us? You're going to sign up? No. <laughs> okay. Burn it. Exactly. Uh, he's not. He's not in the in the group in the clan. He's not in the group. He hasn't no. signed in. He hasn't no. signed he hasn't, up to give his. He hasn't put his to... name on the sign up sheet. Tamil Tigers concede defeat. Yeah, this is uh, this is big shit. I'm glad you. This is a huge this up. story. It's getting very little play in the U.S., but it's it's one of the main. I mean, this is the one place where you know, people say, well, all the terrorism in the world is uh, Muslims. There's no, this is the worst, I think over 50,000 people were killed on terrorist acts yeah. in Sri Lanka, which used to be called Ceylon. Uh, can you, can you the, just explain, yeah, explain briefly what's going on there, and I'm picking, I'm getting a newspaper article as well. Go ahead. There was, there's two groups of uh, people battling each other, the Buddhists and Hindus, and the Hindu Tamils is a specific uh, kind of a uh, um, religion sect. This is a sect, <laughs> and the uh, they've been in a beef for I don't know how long when it first started. It was over ten years ago, I think. I think even longer. I mean, in the eighties, yeah, I mean, in the eighties, Sri Lanka ago. used to be like the place to go. It was a vacation uh, paradise. Well, it actually, I understand it's still to be, but mm. the area where there's this fighting going on is ridiculous, and, they, and it's some of the worst kinds of terrorism. <laughs> if you like depleted, if you like depleted uranium on your cornflakes, yeah, it's a great place to be. And uh, anyway, it's over finally. They started to crack down. The Indian government. See, the problem was is the Tamils were the troublemakers, and uh, the who, Indian by, who, by the way, who by the way are a ragtag bunch, including women, who just get blown to pieces, their heads blown off, their bodies exposed, exploded. You know, it's 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 women as well who are who are fighting. Yeah. And they were fighting against these, these these Buddhists, and the Indian government was like, well, you know, they were like wishy-washy about doing anything about it. And I think it's because they, you know, the Tamils were Hindus, and the, and nobody in India, there's very, I mean, even though Buddhism actually or originated in India, there's just not a Buddhist country. And I think they were just, uh, I think they were lax. I think the Indian, I mean, it's, the Indians are not great at law enforcement. So there was a huge article in the Financial oh, Times. By the way, we do expect email after I said that. It's okay. Now, the, um, you know, just the fact that we're bringing this up is great. Um, huge article, full page in the Financial Times for this weekend. And uh, there's an important little side note um, that China is actually the huge beneficiary of all of this because Beijing, I'll just read from the paper, Beijing has in the last few years become a crucial supplier of weaponry and aid to Sri Lanka. More than that, it has helped to deflect international criticism of mass civilian casualties in the war. In return, Beijing has won access to a key Sri Lankan port, giving it a strategic foothold next to one of the world's premier shipping lanes right under the nose of the South Asian regional power, India. So this is a very, very big deal, and I encourage oh, you to, I just... to, to look at Google Maps or Google Earth. Take a look at this shit and see where it is. You know, it'll, it'll be good for you. I didn't know that. 
That makes sense. God, I mean, and that, and I was like, okay, that makes a hell of a lot of sense. And so the Chinese have, have basically been funding this this horrible atrocity, which has killed many, many civilians. And the, and what they're getting back for it is the quid pro quo is they get, they get the shipping lanes and they get the port right there. I mean, it's, uh, this is so clear. This is new world order. It's again, it's India being, you know, I, I don't know what their problem is. I mean, but the thing is, this this battle had to it was halted. It should have been halted years ago, and yes. without the Chinese getting, getting and, and here in the United Kingdom, uh, the Tamils uh, have been protesting. They've gone on hunger strikes. They've been outside Whitehall. They've been, you know, uh, demonstrating. It actually, I believe, it came to a little bit of a head. There were some uh, skirmishes going on last weekend. And uh, how much do we see about it on the news? No, I mean, all we're seeing is I'm in love with the fairy tale. You know, Eurovision. Uh, and this is happening in London. In London. Every single day, there's hundreds, if not thousands of people protesting, saying, hey, you guys got to do something about this shit. Because, you know, people are dying. Civilians are dying. Well, whatever. <laughs> That's a T-shirt right there. People are dying. And on the back, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, um so I guess Obama's going to speak at Notre Dame. By the way, his Michelle Obama, what is this? Obama's on the speaking tour. I mean, do these, these guys actually do any work? Oh, <laughs> Michelle Obama is giving the commencement speech, speech at uh, UC Merced. Where's which Merced? is the newest campus of the University of California, huh. which was which was kind of doing what it could to try to get people to even come to this school. I mean, nobody was. I mean, if 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 the campuses of the University of California aren't already in Hicksville with Riverside and Davis and God knows where else they have some of these campuses, now they open one in Merced or Modesto. I mean, it might as well be Modesto. Mm-hmm. And it's like uh, Michelle, all of a sudden, is they're giving a commencement speech. They have room for like 2,000 people to watch this. And then apparently 25,000 people are coming to this or, or already did. I don't think she gave it yet. But it's like 25,000. Wow. Yeah, when uh, when they were over here for the G20. These are the rock stars. We're stuck with these no, the rock, rock stars. stars. Yeah, when when they were over here for the G20, Michelle Obama went to a girl's school and spoke at a girl's school. And, you know, she's a big... Uh, Big example and hero and blahdy blahdy blah. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, you know, I maybe mean, it gets better service at a restaurant in Belgium. <laughs> in Belgium, Brussels. Well, I would, you know, the joke would have been in France, but there's we're never no matter what we do, you, the service is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um. This is. Uh, I'm glad this was. Uh, I picked this up off of Twitter. It was sent in a. Uh, an at reply to me uh you want to you want to talk about gitmo nation you want to talk about new world order you want to talk about what is being done to save journalism as we have discussed many times in this program in particular newspapers from the guardian who reports and i'm the reason i'm using the guardian is because uh well all the other reports i have are in dutch Dutch government to pay salaries of 60 newspaper journalists. Yeah, we blogged this too. <laughs> Four million euros to pay the salaries of 60 young journalists to work on otherwise commercially funded regional and national newspapers across the Netherlands. Uh, does anyone see how this is wrong? <laughs> it's like, it's like the CIA. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. This is so wrong. It's the Ministry of Truth. 
the Ministry of Truth. That's what we need. <laughs> you know where that's from, <laughs> we don't need you? A ministry of Truth. <laughs> don't, you know where that's from, right? That's from uh, 1984, Orwell. Oh, is oh right, right, yeah, right. The Ministry right, of right, Truth, right. where you got all these journalists who are, you know, correcting, correcting the news. <laughs> correcting. <laughs> Yeah, and even the archives—they go back in the. I mean, I, you can totally see that. I mean, this is this is so much a step towards it, and you know, and I haven't really seen the discussion anywhere other than yeah, you know, our newspapers are really, really important, you know, and and so the government needs to support it. But yeah, please, no, this is not how you get independence. This is how you get ministry of the truth. Ministry of truth. Ministry yeah. of truth. Yeah, we should have a jingle for that. Jeff Smith um, emailed me. He's going to be in San Francisco, uh, I think, when I'm there, beginning of June. Is there a Macworld coming up or something in June? To some kind no, of no, the Macworld's in January. What's in, what's in that, June? There's a well, developers conference, maybe. Hmm. Well, anyway, he said that he, you know, he had blown out his pipes and he had to take it easy for a while, but he's going to get some more jingles our way. I love that guy. You know, he's made a career out of this. Out of his, out of the jingle business for podcasts, he's made a real career. It's he's fucking living Just off for of podcasts. It. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, he also he also has uh, ringtones, um, and uh, I haven't I've never really looked into exactly what it is. But just Google Jeff Smith G E O F F Jeff Smith uh, ringtones, or go to thejeffsmith.com, dot com, and uh, you can find. And that's also working very well. I got to figure out what he's doing because he's doing something successful, and I like that. <laughs> we got to look into that. So uh, Wolfram Alpha came out. Is this a is this a video game? No, it's a new search engine, but it's not really a search engine. Oh, right, right. This, <clears throat> this is the thing that has all this super algorithm and is actually supposed to get you answers, not links or something. Yeah, there's no links. You ask it a question, or you don't even ask it a question. You put it in San Francisco, and you get the essentially a a, a, a version, a kind of a CIA fact book. Uh, is it Wol- WolframAlpha.com? Yeah. And, but what's interesting about it is you can put comparative stuff in there. You can put San Francisco, Cincinnati, something else, and you get these comparisons. Or you can put a bunch of countries in and you get a combined population. It's, it's actually for people who – I've mentioned this in a column I wrote – that if anyone who's doing a talk show like us, uh, you should just have it up all the time. Because you can type in, you know, you have a quick question about something, and you, you, this thing answers it without having to deal with, a, a, you know, a middleman, which well, would be I, Google. Well, I did what is no agenda, and Wolfram Alpha isn't sure what to do with my input. Yeah, because that's not what it does. Oh, what what, what would the question be? Well, you say we're talking about, put in Tamil, uh, put in uh, Tamil uh, Sri Lanka. Okay, hold on. Sri Lanka paradise. And I think that... The thing that has to be dealt with. I mean, you have to realize what this thing can and can't do. <laughs> so I get, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. Wolf- <laughs> Wolfram Alpha has temporarily exceeded its current maximum test load. Um, See the yeah. live video feed of the control center. Whoa, hold on a second. It must be pretty well, small. It has time. Wait, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. It's got the bandwidth to show you some <laughs> live video feeds, but it can't give you. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that's pretty rich, ain't it? Uh, although it's it's not really loading the video. Oh wait, here here comes here comes. Let's see what we get. Oh, yeah, it's on. Yeah, uh, that's on Justin TV. That's why. 
Oh, okay. So it's not their feed. No. Anyway, so that's what it's good for. I mean, right now everyone's looking at it and they're probably bitching a lot because you can't do, for example, a vanity search and get anywhere. I mean, so, it's, not, so about, it's I, not about you. I read an interesting uh, interesting little note. And something we have not talked about, of course, is uh, our, our buddy, uh, Naley Smith, um, the uh, anti competition uh a chick. European Council member chick, uh, who was <laughs> just who was just fi- who was just fined uh, Intel one point four billion dollars, uh, yeah. for and and we'll talk about that in a second. But I was reading some related articles about Wolfram Alpha and you know saying, well, you know, uh, should Google be worried about this? And and, yeah. and of course, the, well, first of all, no. But second of all, it's competition. It's exactly what they need. They're probably funding it on the back end. It's exactly what they need, so they don't get into this anti-competitive problem yeah there is that but the fact of the matter is wolfram alpha and google have nothing in common you don't use in fact even with wolfram alpha when you get your data it has a link to the google site if you want to get you know (laughs) normal results there you go there i told you that they're on the back end no, there needs to be some competition to Google. Right now, there's nothing. Microsoft can't seem to do it because I think they're just too cheap. But it always makes me laugh because, you know, there's the t- say, well, it's anti-competitive and they've got a lock on the Internet advertising market. I'm like, you know, the, the Internet is the most competitive place to be. I mean, any, anybody can start a com- competitor to Google. You probably won't succeed, but anybody can start it. There are no gating factors that the government can, can right, actually do Right, and they don't do send a couple against. of guys over to beat you up. No, not at all. You don't have to, to use Google. You know, you, it's, and, it's nuts. That's crazy talk. But this Intel AMD thing, was that part of the, the, the eons of lawsuits that you have actually testified uh, in court for? Yeah. This is it. So, so, so this is the result of your the, your of your labor. <laughs> well, I had nothing to do with the most good recent job. stuff. Good job. Yeah, Jenny. good job. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be here the whole week. So, uh, in the morning. No, this is a, this actually is a result of a more, more recent. Uh, most of those lawsuits that are, that go back were all instituted by Intel as a harassment scheme. And it was, you know, typical of the Silicon Valley mentality. This more recent one was the result, literally, of AMD complaining bitterly to anyone who would listen about the business practices that Intel employed to keep AMD in its kind of <clears throat> its place, short sheeted, as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh, the EU paid attention, and now it's, you know, the, but now Intel's a little worried about the fact that, you know, these things are kind of like dominoes because, you know, nobody does anything, and nobody does anything, and nobody does anything. And then one person, uh, you know, Nelly. Um, <laughs> Nelly. Yeah, whatever. Nelly. Whoa, Nelly. Nelly. She uh, does something, and it's a big deal. And Intel, of course, poo-poos it, but the fact is it's a huge deal. Yeah. And now everyone else is that didn't do anything is re-examining, you know, well, uh, thinking, well we're going to look bad here. You know, the EU is doing all the hard, the heavy lifting. We bet we're going to look like a bunch of schmucks if we don't do something. You know what happened to, uh, you know, these other guys? You know, yeah. they, you start to get worried, these bureaucrats, this bureaucrat mentality. And Intel now has to deal with the... Uh, with all this other, this is what happened with Microsoft. I mean, they've nothing, nothing, nothing happened, and, and then, then one kind of boom, kaboom, and then every state now tries to get in on the yeah. action. They got sued over and over and over, but one thing after another, it becomes a nightmare. Yeah, 
And this is what the potential is for Intel is going to have to deal with the nightmare scenario if they can't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do about well, it, to be honest. You know, the, I believe that the fine could actually uh, amount to uh, like up to 10% of their gross take. That, that's the worst case scenario fine. No, they've never done that fine that I know of. I mean, you, you know what? The, I mean, and being a public company where you already have Sarbanes Oxley, I mean, that's horrible. I just had to build a bridge to it. Sorry. <laughs> you just wanted to use the Sarbanes Oxley. Totally. Let's hear it again. I like it. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to have a bunch of these. You have to be like Kramer on the Mad Money where you have the, the buttons. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, so you, the big buttons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can hit these things because, you know, if anyone listens, if anyone listens to this show, they know that you suck. <laughs> At hitting the sound effects in a timely fashion. <laughs> Hello, Kettle. This is the pot calling. <laughs> Who sucks, baby? <laughs> Who sucks? All right. Any more real? Any more? Yeah. No. I, this, I, I got. Before well, I, I got to some my important food news. news. Yeah, I got some important uh, things. Um, God bless the Germans. And I've said many times. Uh, we actually we all, we almost got the set up pod pod show Germany at the time. Uh, it was. Really, I, I had a very good time with P Professor that Wilhelm. That would be a good T-shirt, by the way. What? God bless the Germans. God bless, oh, God bless the Germans. Yeah, that is a good T-shirt. Uh, this, this is... Um, <laughs> it could be the ultimate in political control, but it won't be patented, or as we say, patented, in Germany. German media outlets reported last week that a Saudi investor's application to patent a killer chip, as the Swiss tabloids put it, has been denied. The basic model would consist of a tiny GPS transceiver placed in a capsule and inserted under a person's skin so that authorities could easily track him. Model B would have an extra function, a dose of cyanide to remotely kill the wearer without muss or fuss if authorities deemed he'd become a public threat. The inventor said the chip could be used to track terrorists, criminals, fugitives, illegal immigrants, political dissidents, domestic servants, and foreigners overstaying their visas. What happened? You, you, you forgot pedophiles. You forgot pedophiles and people who look at pornography. Uh, the invention will probably be found to violate paragraph two of the German patent law, which does not allow inventions that transgress public order or good morals. Yeah, I'd say this oversteps the boundary a bit. So where, where did this idea come from? From uh, a, a guy who's trying to to patent it. Oh, maybe Sa Saudi 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 Arabia Saudi inventor. So this is the, this is the Saudi contribution to uh, <laughs> intellectual property. <laughs> well, remember, ACTA's coming soon. You never know what will be allowed. They might change those rules about good morals. ACTA could have it all for us. So the, the, here's what the, the the kind of the downside of this. Well, downside besides the fact the chip is ridiculous, but. Here's I, I mean I, I'm just going to predict for people out there who want to see this coming down Broadway. If anybody comes up with any of these chips, these little tracking chips, the the idea that you'd have one with cyanide or arsenic or cyanide in it, you could say, do you, you sure that that chip that they're giving you it doesn't have the cyanide exactly. in it? Exactly. Or 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 that it's not being but controlled by Vista. And Vista is, is this a James Bond group organization? No, Vista is window, Windows Vista. Oh, right. <laughs> right, it reboots and you're dead. Android. Not with Android. Uh-huh. Hello? 
Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just trying to think. I'm just wondering who would come up with this idea of putting arsenic in a GPS chip. I mean, these Saudis are nuts. It was cyanide. It wasn't arsenic. It was cyanide. Cyanide. A cyanide, I mean. Yeah, cyanide would work better. Um, <laughs> the uh, cyanide is an interesting poison. I, we've talked about it before. You can honk the horn. But, no, uh, go ahead. I don't, rec- I don't recall. No, well, cyanide is like it. it cyanide is interesting because it's fully metabolized by the body. So if it doesn't kill you, uh, you find it doesn't have any long-term damaging effects necessarily, uh, unless it gets, I guess, to the point where it almost kills you. But it's it's almost like it kills you, and then it gets metabolized. It's used a lot for uh, for uh, uh, assassinations where you want somebody to look like they had a heart attack because essentially it, it, it metabolizes so quickly in the body that it's hard to to uncover it in an autopsy. Right. But you, you oh, that's right. It. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that used to. Do you remember Ellery Queen? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm Ellery Queen and his dad, his wacky dad, and the what was it? Was that Dick Van? No, who was it? Who was who played Ellery Queen? The long, lanky kind of dude on the. It was a TV show. A detect, but they always had like cyanide. You know, it's impossible to detect because the body metabolizes it. So, but when you're working in a chemistry lab, you get you get this. You smell it every so often. It's a uh, um, and you and if you know what to look for, you you run into it in food. I mean, cyanide is is very common, and it's essentially accounts <laughs> really? for the almond aroma that. you Oh, get that's from right. Almond. Yeah, yeah. It smells like almonds. But how? Why? It, it, so cyanide is actually the almond aroma or an extract of it? No, it's not an extract of it at all. But the almond the almond aroma that you're smelling when it gets really intense is actually is cyanide. And in fact, you've run into the modest amounts of cyanide in, for example, apricot pits, um, Mm. which are used in the French use apricot pits when they make jams and jellies. They put the pits, you know, you take, you crack the the pit open. There's a little nut inside, which is, by the way, delicious. And uh, (laughs) have your cyanide pit today. You can't. A lot of people consider that they used to call it vitamin K anti. It was anti-cancer. There's a lot of so, controversy. So, so where, what is the main source of cyanide? Cyanide is just a carbon and a nitrogen uh, atom hooked together. The main source is. Uh, I mean, it's just everywhere. I mean, cyanide. I don't know where you. I don't know. I don't know. How where do you make you it? Get. How do you make it? Uh, it's very actually quite easy to make. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like really easy to make. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. extremely. I, I I used to know how to make it. I I mean, but I, I don't remember. Okay. But it's I I do recall it's really easy to make. You have to be real careful because you get a whiff of it every once in a while. You go whoop, uh, and wow. then you just say, "Am I? How am I doing?" And then you you okay? Then I'm fine. Really? <laughs> it's like, how am I feeling? Am I? Am I? No, okay, I'm good. I'm good. Wow. So um, anyway, the uh, this this. Cyanide is occurs naturally in uh, food and in, in like nuts of of, of fruit, and uh, that's why you can't eat. I mean, you can eat a, a couple of these pits uh, nuts from uh, apricots, but you if you ate like a handful, you'd probably be dead. Mm. Uh, the other one where it, where it shows up, and it by the way, and the more delicious, if you really want to taste cyanide in its most flavorful form, I, I think you, we need to do this. By the way, when I'm in San Francisco in June, we must have some. Well, you cyanide. can do it. You can do it in the backyard, or you. No, but I'd, I'd like to have it with you. I'd like to have some cyanide with you. Eat. <laughs> join, join me for the cyanide party. No, nah, we're both dead. This is the two shots of the head. Oh, yeah. We've got him now. Yeah. Oh, now now we've got. Oh, they were experimenting with cyanide. Ain't that a shame? Ain't that a shame? So, uh, 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 app an apple. Seed. Wait a minute, wait, John. Hold on a second. 
Um, I believe in UFOs. They're coming to save us. <laughs> I just got to say something like that real quick so that we don't get knocked out. So uh, apple seeds, which, oh. by the way, are absolute good apple seed, especially if it's if it's uh, uh, mature, mm-hmm. uh, is one of the most delicious things you'll ever have. I mean, they're just tasty, and but it's a cyanide thing. You can't eat more than a few of them. You can have one you know, or two of an apple seed. But you had a, if you yeah if you had a tea, I think a tablespoon of apple seeds you, you're risking uh, health problems you're, because of the cyanide. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's that is news. Thank you. That's a that's a it's a no agenda health tip. <laughs> don't eat don't eat too many apple seeds, kids. But if you get a real strong whiff of of almond um, extract smell, hmm. and that's what the smell would be exactly like. If you get some good almond extract and you sniff it, that's what cyanide smells like exactly. And uh, if you get a real strong smell of that somewhere, you know, if you can't hold your breath, you be, you, um, you yeah you're you're, you're screwed. So was. I, you had more uh, health and food safety tips for today. Well, yeah. If we want to get into it, if you got, we don't. Have, we have a jingle. Somebody sent us by the way on the food news. I didn't. I didn't uh, get the jingle. We got a food jingle. Yeah. Is that forwarded to me? Uh, I thought so. What's, but we'll uh, use it next week. What's it called? What was it? You don't remember? I mean, Gmail is so fast. I'll find and it. I can't use the jingle because I haven't got the sound effect machine on my side. Mm. But there's an article. Uh, you can go to Wired and look at it. People should look, check this out. So here's what here's what let, I'm going to give you a genesis of how I've come to certain conclusions uh, based on the news that we've been doing over the past few months and the fact that I was at a used bookstore and saw Thomas Keller's cookbook on a process of cooking called sous vide, and it's spelled S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. So there's two things that happened in the news that were interesting. One was the, the smear campaign against Gordon Ramsay. And the other one was the food poisoning incident at the uh, Fat Duck in England. Right, and then, right. That was uh, where they had to close it down, right? The celebrity chef. Right. So well, as soon as I saw this book... And I realized, by the way, I've had this kind of cooking a couple of times. In fact, I had some in Holland. I had a, a piece of veal that was prepared with the sous vide method. And I, I just a bunch of things fell into place, and let me explain. First of all, Gordon Ramsay was accused of using baggied food, you know, stuff in a plastic bag, and you know he's like taking sh- as though it was a shortcut. When in fact, obviously, Ramsay is experimenting with this cooking technique, which involves taking a piece of food putting in a vacuum-sealed cryovac bag, sucking all the air out of it, throwing it into a water bath, and cooking it rather slowly for a very long time at a very low temperature. And this creates an unusual cooking. Uh, you get a, a very weird food out of this technique, and it's used mostly. In fact, there's a good Wikipedia article. You should look it up out there, everybody, S-O-U-S-V-I-D-E. And uh, I didn't make a copy of that, but it goes on and on with the explanation of where it began. It started in the 70s. It was came out of France, and everybody who's anybody, all these hotshot chefs and all the guys doing the three-star restaurants are using this technique because you can present somebody with some really wild food. Now, Michael Minna, I know, must use it because he has a duck dish over here in his restaurant in San Francisco that is cooked this way. It's absolutely fantastic. And I had a piece of veal in Holland that was obviously cooked this way. 
And what it entails is, and there's a good article in Wired magazine because Nathan Mirvold, who is something of a foodie, he's the uh, is Microsoft dude, right? Microsoft dude, a billionaire <laughs> who's a billionaire dude. Billionaire dude is experimenting with this trick, and I'm looking at him a picture of him in Wired, which he's wearing a, a chef's outfit. I mean, come on. And then he's putting leaves into a piece of salmon that he's going to cook this with this method. This, I, as I read this, this, I think, is one of the most dangerous cooking techniques. It needs to be either outlawed. Or, it, or, there, or there has to be a warning on a menu. I do not want to eat this food cooked, prepared in this manner from amateurs. And I think the fact that, what's his name, Blumenthal, over at Fat Duck, made a whole bunch of people sick. And if you read those articles about this, uh, the first thing I did as soon as I, I thinking back, I typed in his name and then sous vide. Boom. He's like one of the number one guys involved with this type of cooking. Uh -huh. In fact, most of his dishes are done this way. And I'm reading the articles from these dumb journalists, the same ones who thought that Gordon Ramsay's uh, doing cooking bags. Nobody, and they say, well, maybe it was bad fish. Or it could have been the scallops. It could have been the oysters, which, you know, generally speaking, you don't get 40 people in your restaurant sick on oysters because there's only usually a, a bad oyster. You know, it's not like a batch of them. And, and how many people have oysters nowadays? Not too many. So I figure it's this cooking methodology that got people sick, but nobody's bringing this up. I'm going to read the article to read is the one in Wired with Nathan Marivold. And here's the reason you want to look at it because I'm going to read you a couple of points that Nathan talks about, because he's apparently been experimenting with this, and I actually would advise him to stop. So let me read a couple of points here. Um, the articles were actually quite short. Don't buy, anyway, here's his, here's his tips. Don't bother with lab quality thermal circulator. Everybody in France who has been trained in this methodology says you must have a lab quality thermal circulator because you're cooking at extremely low temperatures. For, and I'll read from the Mervold article. For at-home fare, check out the temperature controllers at allburns.com, which can be used with a rice cooker. You'll also need a vacuum sealer like Food Saver, which doesn't do a good enough job in my opinion. Cook short ribs forever. I love to cook short ribs at 130 degrees Fahrenheit for 36 hours, Mervold says. They become very flavorful and have a different texture than most braised meat. Yes. Don't be tricked by the color of your fish. Now, here's the one that gets me. Fish can be particularly interesting. Cook salmon at 102 to 104 degrees for 20 minutes, Mervold says. It will look raw but have the texture of cooked fish. Now, I want to point out this. 102 to 104 degrees is about 20 degrees less than the ambient temperature in Phoenix, Arizona, most of the year. And you're going to be cooking at this temperature. Hmm. Uh, to be cooking food at 102 degrees That's in a vacuum pack, you're asking for the botulism bacteria, if nothing else, to propagate like a maniac and make you sick. I don't believe that this form of cooking should be – there should be a warning on a menu – I mean, I was actually. This, this, yeah, this, this is really interesting, John, because uh, I did mention this a couple of weeks ago on the show, but I didn't know this background. This is fascinating. There should be a warning on the menu if anyone's using this technique to cook anything. There's a there's a lot of training that went on in the with some French chefs that are using it, and yeah, you get some really weird food out of it because you're cooking. You're not really. It's not even cooking. It's just those. It's I don't even know what you know. The fact is. It, 
it, I, I just I have I beside myself obviously with the fact that this is being this kind of cooking is being done and propagated and promoted irresponsibly I might add uh, at all this is not to be even experimented with unless you want to this is a real health risk and and the health departments have got to crack down on it I don't care if people if somebody knows what they're doing cooks this way I just want to know. That this is what I'm going to be getting. And would you eat it if you knew it? It depends on the chef. Ramsey? I would trust Ramsey. I think Ramsey's got is a fanatic. He's a he's a he's something of a screwball, and I would think that he he could do the job right. I mean, he's not known for this cooking technique, and he's obviously experimenting with it. Uh, but I'm sure that he's such a stickler for details. He's not going to tell people not to use the. You know, the one thing I ran into is this information about this extremely expensive circulating water thing that you that these guys all cook with, and then Mervold saying, "Yeah, don't worry about it. Get a rice cooker, and then cook your salmon at 102 degrees." And he's actually showing a, a picture of him putting leaves, which are, you know, some sort of uh, herbs on top of some pieces of salmon that he's sticking in these bags. And it, I, I don't care what herbal leaf it is. This Any herbal leaf out there, especially when you're stuck, he's got, he does not wearing gloves. So it's going to be rife with bacteria. By the fact that you're using a bare hand, you got salmon, which is a great vehicle for growing bacteria, and you're putting pieces of of, of plant material. I mean, there's it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a witch's brew potentially to be putting it in some sort of a, a bath of any sort and cooking it at 102 degrees. It's going to be in Northern California here today. It's going to be 102 degrees outside. Why don't you just throw the food in the street? You know, let it cook that way. Yeah, just cook it's, it right on the on the on the asphalt, right on the tarmac. Perfect. So anyway, this I was very upset about the, this. I didn't know any of this. I should have known. I've just been going on for a number of years, and uh, but that, but it all makes sense now. That's why Ramsey got busted for this using baggies, and this is the why the guy. I'm sure why they got a bunch of sick people at uh, but, the. But fat is it, duck. but is it that much better? I mean, I just don't understand the philosophy behind it. Is, is it that the only way to cook it, or I just don't get it? Why? No, why, no. Why, 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 why? I, I, Here's the two dishes I know I've had cooked with this method. One few weeks ago in Holland, uh, it was a veal dish that was um, it was amazing. I mean, it was like this veal. Hey, it was just what it is. It creates a, a extremely interesting texture that you've never had before. It's uh, the tenderness factors through the roof, and the the product itself, in this case veal, it doesn't look like it doesn't look right. It looks like something. It looks like it's been treated in some sort of a, in some weird way. It's got funny colors, and it, but it's it's fascinating and delicious, and probably partially pre-digested. The Michael Minna dish, <laughs> nice. which is a, and anyone who wants to go to Michael Minna's restaurant in San Francisco, uh, which I thought I. Have bitched about before because I went there three times and every time it was it got progressively worse in terms of the service until they finally uh, did a, uh, a bait and switch on a bottle of wine that irked me to no end. Hmm. And um, they have a di- duck dish there, and, he pre- and at this restaurant, Michael Minutes in the St. Francis Hotel, they have everything's prepared three ways, and so you get order duck, and you got this version. Hey, hey, this hey John, so the the chat room is complaining. I'm sorry to interrupt. The chat room is complaining about hearing dripping water. From you? No. You got no dripping water? No. I think they're maybe they're complaining about the Tech Five show. I don't have any dripping water. Oh yeah, no. This uh, no. Uh, maybe I'm confused. I'm sorry. 
We'll have him say something else. But anyway, the point is they have these three dishes, and they got this duck dish. And I remember the guy telling me about it. Now it's cooked in some, you know, he kind of explained. Now I realize what it was. It was cooked in this method. And I'd say, you know, it's wow. It's like amazingly delicious. Uh, and, and that's the reason, because it's a new culinary thing you haven't had before. Mm-hmm. And so it's like an, it's, it's a curiosity more than it is anything else. And so these guys are very attracted to it. And the guys who are practicing it are getting all these Michelin stars. Hmm. I got to get one hot shot chef to say he won't do it because it's just too dangerous. It's a dangerous cooking technique. It needs, people need to have a warning. I think I would be, you know, I could see why people got sick of the yeah. fat duck. Yeah. Okay. Can we stop now? That was very interesting. That's the end of it. Yeah. It was very interesting because we do have some health news we need to discuss uh, because the show's almost over, man. Things whip by. According to the CDC, 100,000 plus people in the U.S. have flu, half have swine flu. <laughs> according to the, this is on WebMD. Now just making it up. <laughs> yeah, but this is on WebMD, and, it, and it's according to yeah, more than 100,000 Americans probably have the flu. And at least half of these cases are H1N1 swine flu, as CDC expert estimates. There you go. So I had season. it. I had it, dude. I had the swine flu. You I'm telling like you, I had think it. You did. Of course, I did. You need to get t- tested. You do, do, do the antibodies would be in your body still. So yeah. you should. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not confirm. letting. I'm not letting them put any needles in me. Hmm. Not even to test. Who knows? If it well, might smell like almonds. Well, or they might inject me sick. with a chip, a GPS chip. By the way, the GPS chip, I mean, there's so much, they're so far advanced. They have RFID dust now, where you can just sprinkle this dust on someone and they can track you. And I No, s- bullshit. No, absolute. RFID d- dust is for real. It's for real. And um, it was funny because uh, when, we went, I'm not, I, uh, when we went to Portugal, uh, so Dexter came with us, and Dexter has a British passport, a Gitmo Nation East passport, and and I was like, uh, "Do you have a recent one?" Yeah, I got a recent passport because you know if you have the if you if you have if you have a chipped passport, then uh, it's much easier because the reader can you know can uh, get all the info, and it's it's going to be a requirement, obviously. And I, I look one. and I look at the yeah you have I have one too, but you know it's like a very little itty bitty chip right in ours. But in the UK passport, John, I got, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to scan his passport. So you have the, the chip in the middle. The antenna is the entire back of the passport. There's wire all the way around it. They could pick this thing up from fucking space. It's amazing how big the antenna is on the, the UK our, uh, passport. I wonder if the, you know, I have a wallet. Uh, I'll talk about the brand and then give the guy a plug. A Faraday cage Thursday. wallet? Yeah. You have that? You use I wonder that? if this, the Faraday cage wall, it's interesting because it, I think it stops the uh, U.S. passport. But I use a, a key card at uh, Ziff Davis at the office building when I go do Cranky Geeks. And I've put the key card inside one of these wallets, and it, and it blows through the Faraday really? cage. Wow. But it's got a big – it's a big – it's like what you're describing. It's, got a, it's a huge key card. It's a big one. Yeah. And uh, which probably has a big antenna on it. I say you should and get your goes, money back from that uh, Faraday cage wallet. Well, it's not. It's meant for passports. I don't know if it's meant for a key card, but whatever the case is, it I was meant I, for I, credit cards. All kinds. Of, it's, it, aren't they? Isn't credit cards yeah, another big thing? Be, yeah. 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 You know, we have to. We're gonna. But it's a, you know, it's a nice wallet anyway. But the point is, is that I, I wonder if that wallet will protect against a big antenna that they have in those. You, I doubt it. Uh, it was a uh, Canberra. Is it Canberra? 
Canberra, right? Canberra-based scientist who uh, came up with the theory that swine flu must have come from a laboratory or laboratory, as yeah. we say, in Gitmo Nation East. Uh, Adrian Gibbs researched. He said genetic markers suggest the combination of genes and the virus was not a natural event. Of course, the World Health Organization, the WHO, won't be fooled again, says the virus probably evolved naturally. So I just want you to know that they're out there debunking. And, uh, you know, quote, the other group of scientists felt that the original hypothesis does not really stand up to scrutiny. And this is how scientific process can work in the context of this kind of public health emergency. Well, it's funny how they, they, they go along with the, you know, this kind of debate, except when it comes to global warming. Right. Everybody's they, they don't in debate it there, about that. Yeah. Everybody, because Joy told us so. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Without exception. Uh-huh. Every single scientist in the entire universe. Hey, um, you know what? Uh, you know what it's time for. Sing along. We are the Knights of the No Agenda. Knights of the No Agenda. Knights of the No Agenda, and we suck. Yeah, we need to get more money. Um, Hell yeah. I have we gotten we anything get... into? Do people even bother, or is it as the only? No, it always it keeps dribbling in, and we have a lot of real. We have some very dedicated uh, subscribers and producers, and uh, I have to say, and and we'll talk about the late, latest crop on uh, Thursday. When also somebody who sent in that weird amount of money, he said, "Oh, the sixty-four twenty-one, yeah." You yeah, don't want to talk about says, that now, yeah. Well, I'll talk about it now. He says, you know, it was just a number. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had he used the the iDice app on his iPhone. He had this whole intricate way of coming up with a with a good number, and that was it. And that was the amount that he donated. And he was and he's so, going to keep doing it. I love it. We should have that in our uh, in our No Agenda app, which there are two, of course. But you need to look at the show notes, and there's a link at least to one of them. Uh, that should be a part of it. You know, a donation dice. Yeah, I like it. We cool. need to. One of the things right now we haven't done, which is up the ante, and what we can, you know, help, you know, get some T-shirts that are interesting, and to have some apps that are interesting, things that are, you know, value added. Because I think we got all the low-hanging uh, uh, apples from the. Uh, from the tree already and these are the real dedicated listeners but in anybody out there you know we do would like to do this show uh as a job and although it's not really a job at so go to no or no agenda library.com or dvork.org slash na and help us out it wouldn't hurt for the armor and uh, it's and yeah, we got the armory and the winery and the library to do, uh, which is <laughs> we have a lot to know, build. Basically, it costs us millions of dollars. We, we have a lot to build close. before we get to the head, Johnny boy. <laughs> hey, you better give someone the password to to the the PayPal account, like me. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, in case yeah, but someone else as well, a trusted third party, in case uh, we uh, we smell the almonds, we wake up and smell the almonds. It's a good point. Yeah, just saying. Uh, so that you know, because yeah, our no, legacy must live on. Then yeah, we and and it will, it will, it will be good. So uh, we should probably remove that money and put it in a, somewhere else at some point. Uh, anyway, so the noagendalibrary.com or dvorak.org/na, and I'll probably by the sometime midweek I'll have I'll make that a little more. Uh, we'll come up with some new reasons that you should donate to uh, help the show and also you know we had also the interlude thing that we do in and the right. agenda stream that's that's running 24 7 it's yep. like uh, you know we, we, it needs to be supported 
It does. Well, people are supporting me with um, uh, technical help, which is highly and appreciated. And art. We, and we, artwork. The only artwork you can deliver yeah. is yeah. fine. Yeah, we've been getting some good artwork. And, of course, now yeah. we can't use everything, obviously, so don't be bummed out. You know, make sure you put it on the drop, noagendadrop.com. Uh, no yeah, agenda chat com. Put, I'm sorry. Put a, a website up showing all the art too as a little gallery. Yeah, we got to fix all our URLs too, man. I'm sucking with that shit. Sucking. So I'm going to be in New York next week, um, which will be interesting. We may have to do the show Wednesday night because uh, I actually you know, I got meetings and uh, I leave New York Thursday evening, so we'll have to kind of play that by ear. Wednesday night works. When Yeah, I'm sure it does. If you can get a connection. Uh, well, yeah, I'm staying at... Have you ever stayed at the, the Sofitel in New York, which has been completely redone? I don't believe so. Oh, my God. It is... It's Because the Sofitel kind of had like a... A bit of a drippy image, but it's great. It's kind of like they always uh, have good food at the Sofitel. I, I I didn't have a chance to eat there yet, but um, no, they have uh, uh, you know besides just excellent am- amenities and uh, very stylish rooms. You know, kind of old world New York, which I like. Only it's all new and fresh, and you know, and it fits and it closes properly. So it's kind of like the St. Regis, only modern, modernized, but the same kind of style. And uh, they give you a hardwired connection, which I, you know, I oh. love. I love a hardwired connection. I love a good hard wire connection. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we will. It could suck. All right. And I'm coming out to San Francisco after that for the entire month of June. Yeah, that's something to uh, deal with. Yeah. Well, it's good. <laughs> well, thanks. It's going to be interesting to see how the show goes. I, I'm going to have to. Find a way to watch BBC you won't have and any stuff. Information yeah, I know boneheads uh, in California. <laughs> like duh, duh, duh. Sorry about that. I, I ain't. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there's an international newsstand you can visit once in a while. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Coming to you from the southwest quadrant of Gitmo Nation East, better known as London in the United Kingdom. I'm Adam Curry. And from where there's going to be an ambient cooking temperature of around 100 degrees today, northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again Wednesday or Thursday. We'll Twitter all about it right here on No Agenda.